What's up, what's up, what's up? It's another Monday. I'm Jabari, and this is another edition of the Words with Friends podcast. For those that don't know, and for those that do know, and for those that have supported, thank you so much. But you guys know what keeps the podcast going is your support on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jabari. You can leave the Words with Friends a one you can leave the Words with Friends podcast rather a one dollar tip. As little as one dollar if you're getting value from the podcast, if you enjoy the podcast, if you're sharing this with your friends, thank you so much. If you've left a review on iTunes, thank you so much. And especially if you have donated one dollar to the to the Patreon, thank you so much. Um, I butchered that one up a little bit, but it's all good. <laughs> My guest is laughing at me right now. It's little giggles. (laughs) Um, And I'm actually in L.A. in the YouTube space, and I'm happy to announce this week's episode with Shira Lazar. What's up? Thanks, Jabari. How's it going? It's good. I love watching you do your thing. I love (laughs) seeing people and how they do their thing. You know, that's what you know. I was nervous because I have a professional. No, I'm not. The thing is, I mess up all the time. I mess up less this sometimes live than when I have to record. When I record, I mess up because I always think I can redo it. Oh, it's yeah, like a weird yeah, instinct yeah. thing that comes in when you're live, like a survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's got to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shira, let these people know what it is that you do and, um, you know, just introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm a digital storyteller, next generation broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, futurist. I like those names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I use a lot of buzzwords. I'm also uh, the co-founder of a company called What's Trending. We talk about what's hot on YouTube and social media, we create original programming around those stories, around the celebrities that are part of those stories. That includes live programming, live events, and yeah, so we, we like to describe it as like a multi-platform media brand yeah. because it started in digital and that's our hub, that's our foundation. We're a 24-hour news feed for what's hot online. But uh, we also are, you know, we have a development deal with the TV network. We're on iHeartRadio Talk. We have syndication deals, you know, with in gas stations and other outlets like Complex and Huffington Post mm-hmm. and Virgin America. So we like to be everywhere to create those serendipitous encounters with the brand. Yeah, at the gas station by my house, I see you, <laughs> you all, all the time. Yeah. I'm, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> making it big. I'm like, <laughs> gas station TV, it's happening. That's, that's huge, man. Yeah, so much hey, it's just about around. being in, you know, people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Shira, how did you... What was your background? Did you go to school for journalism and, you know, take that sort of traditional educational route to get to here? Well, yeah, I studied TV and video production communications at Emerson College in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I always loved media and performance. I acted a lot when I was younger, but then as I went on auditions, like, I, I didn't like the fact that my future and my destiny was in, in control in the hands of other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though it always is. Like, listen, yeah. you can't control everything. But, but I think we're an actor is, yeah, like, you're, man, like, you're at the mercy of words and scripts. Yeah. And I hated that. And then I was like, I'm going to be a director. And then I realized I'm too ADD to direct. Like, I think too many things at once. I need someone to control my not control my thinking, but, you know, ground it. Yes. And, but as a producer, I love being out there with people, connecting the dots. I love figuring out a way to make something happen when someone says I can't. And so that's when I went more into the production side of it. And I was though always obsessed with talk shows and news magazines and interviewing people, which is weird because when I was younger, I knew that. But then it, I now understand, you know, the trajectory and, like, I see the all the little pieces come together mm-hmm. because at the time I'm like, Oh cool. I like interviewing people. I love 2020 and like Barbara Walters. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But you know, when you're, I guess 17 to 25, like 
you know, now a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people want to be broadcasters or, you know, they wanted to work at news stations at the time, but I didn't really want to do that. I just liked talking to people mm-hmm. yeah. and hearing their stories. And I loved meeting every type of person. I didn't have like one type of person that I liked hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Like actually Neil Strauss, who wrote the game and is a, uh, is a great writer. He's written tons of New York Times bestselling books. Um, he said to me once when he met me originally when I was 17, he goes, I like to collect people, which makes it sound really <laughs> scary. Like yeah. you're like part of I like that something, though. but, uh, yeah, I kind of like that because you like to collect stories and people are in part of stories mm-hmm. and part of creating moments in your life that you continue to pass on to other people. It's all about, you know, that when you, when you meet someone and whether it be, it is a good experience or bad experience. You always say, well, it's a great story to tell, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will be a good one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at Emerson, I did a lot of the TV stuff. I created my own talk show. And then we have a program in Los Angeles where I interned at the Ellen DeGeneres show. Mm-hmm. And at night, I work with a radio station. And that, that radio jock, <laughs> I always find it funny saying a jock, radio jock. But that's I wonder where that name came from. Yeah, and that, what is it, radio personality. Yeah, yeah. He then really encouraged me. He brought me on air with him. And that was the first time someone professionally really encouraged me to pursue broadcasting. Mm. Where it wasn't like, oh yeah, I'll throw you on the red carpet. Or like, let's do it for fun. He actually was like, I think you have something here and you should really pursue it. And so I'd been hired for a TV show right after college. And uh, and I actually like skipped the whole PA process. And mm. I was just hired as someone as associate producer because I was really great at booking people. Because okay. of that... Ability to, you know, discover people and their stories and track them down. And this is before Twitter and Facebook, so it was even harder. So you're a natural at <laughs> like putting this stuff. This, the, the yeah, tools, the and I loved it. I loved now. the challenge of it. And, like, yeah. when I would tell someone, like, oh, you thought I couldn't get in touch with that person in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Well, I found their cousin <laughs> or who they went to school with. And, yeah. then, and I loved that. I got, like, a rush rim. And... So then I just started pursuing after that first little gig in Vegas where I worked in Vegas, shot in Vegas mm. for a TV show with Brian McKnight and Sheena Easton. Oh, oh yeah. This is, we can go on in details. <laughs> this is a TV show I worked on, a morning show right after college. I came back to LA and basically realized after working on the, more of the production side for three months, I just wasn't happy. And my dad's like, well, welcome to the real world. You're not always going to love your job. Mm. I was like, what? But I just graduated. Yeah. It's possible, though, to love your job. Yeah. I was like, no, that does not make sense to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I realized that it was the moments that I was, they let me do some red carpet stuff and interviewing. And I would just get a rush, like when I was in the field, out there with people, not in the office all the time. Mm. And so I said, you know, I need to go through towards that feeling. I didn't know what it was exactly. It was like, there's a feeling I'm getting and it's a positive rush. Let's, Chase that. Yeah, I'm going to go towards that. Yeah, yeah. So I kept on pursuing an experience that allowed me to feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then that ended up, you know, as I was building out my reel, because I found out, okay, if you want to be an on-air host, you need to have a reel. This was before YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was building out my reel and then met some folks from Wire Image, the celebrity photo service, who were just starting the video division online. And from there, I just kept meeting on the red carpet people who had websites because I was on the red, part of the red carpet with mm. the, the websites, not the TV shows. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then that just over time became, you know, a thing. Like I just became a go-to person for any website. Like if you already had video content and you wanted to develop it more online or if you didn't get an idea for a site, 
uh, or and you wanted to translate what you had into some video there. Mm-hmm. Like I just became a go-to for all that so stuff. So what were some of the sites you were working with? At the time, Hollywood.com, Verizon Vcast, it was like the mobile the video mobile stuff. Yahoo.com, I did a few things. Uh, there was MSN.com, Movies.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, at this time, was your goal to be on television or were you, I, were you, you know, happy with well, where the web stuff was because you thought that that was the future? No one, well, I thought there was something very special about it mm-hmm. and it excited me. So once again, I kept going t- towards that mm-hmm. because there was no point of being in something that didn't excite me. So that, that it had a special place in my heart because the community was very giving. They were open to people contributing. It was about collaboration. It wasn't about sitting here and having an interview and an audition. And it was about they people wanted to work with people who cared about the environment and community because there was still not really a business model. There wasn't a lot of money. So you needed to care. Yeah. Yeah. So that, for me, I've always really... I've thrived off enthusiasm. (laughs) It was never really like my teachers always said, you were never the, it wasn't like you were the smartest person, but you were the most enthusiastic. Hey, that can get you a lot farther than than smart (laughs) sometimes. And so for me, the web community, they appreciated that, whereas the traditional TV media people, they didn't really care how necessarily enthusiastic I was. I didn't fit their protocol Mm. and what they had, the box they wanted me to fit. And so... According to them, I couldn't pursue my passion in old times. Mm. Be like, good luck. You know, I know you love that, but you might need to figure out something else. (laughs) And so for me, that wasn't an option. And so I kept on just taking gigs. And it was for me also about working on my craft. So I was saying, yeah, these people and these companies are letting me work on what I do. Mm. And that's how I'm going to get better. So I'm going to still pursue all this stuff. So I still had an agent. I was still auditioning for E and MTV. I would screen test and get to that final place. Oh my gosh. And then not get the job for yes. the 10th time. Yes. And think that there was like that one job that you thought would make your life overnight. Yeah. Like I'm going to be able to be in a press release saying that I'm like the personality chosen right. this TV show. Yep. Yep. Everything's going to change. And it just didn't happen like that. But then as I was continuing to pursue that, I got jobs here and there that definitely helped bring me to the next place like I was working for a company called LXTV mm-hmm. which was like a video version of Daily Candy which started as a site so they did appreciate my experience in the web world and then they got acquired by NBC and launched shows in New York and LA and I hosted their shows here on TV in New York okay I mean okay. here on TV in LA. in LA okay and then I was on Court TV on the show called Hollywood Heat which then threw me into the talking head universe of like I was on Fox News so much that you thought I worked at Fox oh, News and wow. Entertainment yeah. Just a whole other story. And from there, CNN and Showbiz Tonight. So I was becoming this like go-to entertainment news reporter because of this mm-hmm. and talking head. But at that time, I started being very, I don't know, there was not something fulfilling about talking about someone's life that you really don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and then I said to myself, I see... About. What? Or even care about. Yeah, I was like, I see where this is going. I'm going to be 50 and I'm still going to be talking about other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be always on the outside looking in instead of on the inside. Yeah. And I was like, I love you know, pop culture and I love interviewing people, but I want to be, bring value to these, to celebrities or people that society deems as important. I want to be a person that's like, not like all these other herds of people trying to talk to them. Like, what value can I bring? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, there's obviously the Barbara Walters and the Katie Kirks and like, People that have been around forever, that they have their relationships they've built. And for me, the expertise I found myself in was the web space. And it happened to be at a time when, like, Ashton Kutcher was just trying to get into the tech world. And so 
you know, whereas you could have gone to Entertainment Tonight or hosts like that or, or the Ryan Seacrest, he came to, at the time, this younger this younger woman, mm-hmm. me, okay. <laughs> I'm still here, yeah. um, who he knew, the tech world knew, but then I also had experience in the Hollywood space. Mm-hmm. So he knew I, like, I understood the protocol. I, I respected the process. Mm-hmm. I had a, a professionalism in that sense, but the early adopters were listening to me too in the tech space because I was getting to know a lot of these web founders through the web video stuff that I was doing. I was going to TechCrunch 50 parties. I started meeting a lot of the founders of the time. You know, Mashable had just started and Tumblr had just mm-hmm. launched. Uh, and MySpace even was I like think, at I its think Mashable, heyday. I, did you ever do stuff with Mashable? Yeah, I've always yeah. I've known P Cash more for years. Yeah. So it was this I think time. That was the first time I've seen you online. Yeah, it was like this time, time where I was starting to become friends with all these people, and so the tech world was paying attention to me. But then I'd always known the entertainment news space and the Hollywood space. Mm. So they were like, "Oh, interesting." So the people who got at that world was what was to come. Yes. We're saying, "Okay, you're in the middle of this now. I see. Mm-hmm. So let's all hang out together and let's do some cool stuff." And Ashton Kutcher was really one of the first people to um, welcome me in that way. And his company, Catalyst, at the time was doing a lot of cool projects yeah, and yeah. hired me for a lot. And that I definitely, you know, perception-wise, changed things in terms of the way publicists or other celebrities looked at me and what I covered. Because I, I would say, oh, you know, I'm the one who first covered, you know, Ashton Kutcher singer. I hosted his live stream for this, or I won his competition 24 Hours at Sundance to be the next social media guru. Mm-hmm. So I got that stamp of approval, and he became really the example of a celebrity moving in. He was like really one of the first to move into the yeah, tech the world. Catalyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and him and like as an investor and as someone who was really supporting the social media community. Yeah, I mean, he was and bridging wasn't the gap. He, he was also like one of the first celebrities on Twitter. Yeah, and Twitter like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would you know, we were all working together at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that really created a new a new stage for me in my in my work and my career where I, I saw like okay, this is a niche. This is my m- what I'm going to bring to the table. Yeah. This is how I'm going to set my, separate myself from everyone else. So I'll cover entertainment, but it's going to be around like digital culture and, mm-hmm. and internet trends and where that intersects with the entertainment world. And I'm going to do it with my phone. And at the time, you know, I was, I was posting and really highly produced stuff too, but mm-hmm. I started doing these videos on the go where I would show people what went down in between the produced stuff. And that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. interesting uh-huh. stuff. And then from there, I was like that, translated into actually me using the tool of the phone to do my interviews, not just use it for behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Webby Awards and Internet Week New York, I started working with them, and I would start interviewing founders on the red carpet. It was like bringing the glam to the tech space. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing that intersection, and then I went to a lot of the news networks because I was like, this is a beat. I think this is a new newsbeat. Someone should be covering this. And they don't need a budget. I could just use my phone. I could cut up the interviews. Do everything yourself. Do everything myself. And this was mm-hmm. in 2006. You know, it was like YouTube was just starting. Yeah. And so CBS News, uh, you know, ended up hiring me. You know, I was an independent contractor there and allowed me to launch my own blog vlog. And they were, you know, they saw that vision my boss at the time came from CNET, so he understood that. And that was really a turning point because I was able to be with a news organization covering these things. Mm. And that legitimized me, what I was doing, legitimized the stories in the space. 
And that's really where what's trending then came to be because I was doing these blogs and video blogs, but then I'm like, I'm, I don't see myself doing this my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like, is there something more to this, like a format? You know, like what is the this covering all this stuff, but as a show for the, this generation? Mm. And then that's what, what happened. And then what's yeah. trending was born. October so, 2009. Wow. Um, you know, you let's talk a little bit about how important it is to have a niche. Because I think that, you know, a lot of people nowadays, they, you know, they ask, well, you know, how did you get to this point? Or how did you get to this level? And a lot of times, you know, those... There's no real easy answer, but like there are, you know, I, I'm around a lot of successful people. Yeah. And what I find that's similar to everybody is like the belief that they could do whatever it is that they yeah. want to do. And then the execution of the idea, not just the idea, but the execution of it and the work ethic and the time spent, all of that stuff. That seems to be like parallels um, with a lot of, you know, people who are living the lives that they want to live. But something that you know people don't talk about is uh or, or or I don't find myself talking about enough I think is um how important it is to have a niche and something yeah. that is very you know uh there's nothing new under the sun but you know if you can have something that is just a little bit different. yours and a little bit different you know what I mean I yeah. think that um you know then you become whatever the breath of fresh air it is and it could be simple it could be very you know you know uh, th that niche could be, you know, doesn't you don't have to be um, incredibly different, but as long as it is different, you know. Well, typically it's like that vision thing that excites you when you start something is the mm -hmm. fact that you see it's something no one else is doing. Yes. And at the time, I don't think you look at it as a niche. You're yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. shit, why isn't someone doing this? Mm. <laughs> or this is an issue like, well, I have an, a problem in my life or my work. I'm like, no one's, no one's solving that. Can I? Or I'm not getting hired for this thing, but I know there's an interest. Mm. Why don't I just create it? And so I think then it becomes a niche after you putting in the time and you getting to know whatever space you decide to take over, mm -hmm. over those years. The fact is it does take time. Like yes. always when I start, you start an idea. If someone told me like, was like, oh yeah, that's going to take like three years. You'd be like, whoa. But now it's funny because looking back, we're turning like the first idea, the ideation happened in 2009. And I'm like, I've been working on this for a long time. Yeah. And like, if I had started it then being thinking that it was going to be like five years later, yeah. it would be weird to think in that way. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like I, you know, now every six months goes by so fast. Mm. It's like, I see, I could see how years fly by, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But at the time it's just different. And then through your experience of building, that's how a niche starts. Mm -hmm. And that's how it, it unravels into your expertise yeah. through you building your thing. So I think it's like the chicken or the egg syndrome. It's yeah. like, do you have a knit, you know, you can't be an expert at something and then realize there's a vision around that expertise of yours that you haven't. Um, seen before no one else is seeing yeah. that needs to be created so it's a mixture and I think it's about finding your passion in that niche and then and then finding like what's the is there a business is there something that you could use your niche and passion for yeah yeah so it's it works hand in hand it's very interesting because I didn't realize I you know you realize you have a niche sometimes like halfway through the journey, you know, where you're like, like, that was me. I didn't go into like starting internet stuff being like, this is my thing. It was just, I was drawn to it and it allowed me to do what I love doing. Yeah. And then lo and behold, it's the thing that was the, yeah, the, the, the thing that would 
get me going into that what, what I thought was successful the TV space mm -hmm. but that thing that was like my springboard ended up becoming the career yeah yeah <laughs> How, you know what you you had so much experience before you know starting uh, you know you're you're one of the co-founders of what's trending and there's so many things that go into producing right so producing content especially yeah. with the with the pace that you guys do you guys are uploading videos all the time you guys are writing stories on the yeah, website there's like all kinds of stuff I mean, it's so, like a machine. yeah I mean what what stuff uh, what stuff did you learn? While working at some of those other organizations that came into uh, that came into play with this, you know, and, 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 you know, being a producer. And then I guess what 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 stuff did you just came out of left field that you didn't know? Everything's always I'm learning constantly every day. Mm -hmm. Like that's also what I think is important and what separates maybe the successful from the not as successful people. Like I hope to be a constant student. Yeah, and as well right. as I hope to teach, you know, be a mentor to people, all that. But like for me, I don't. I think at every point in my life, or where I'm at in my career, whatever that means, like I will always be learning. Because the minute you stop caring to learn or be curious or challenge yourself, and that's the minute that's like you might as well not be doing what you're doing. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna stand out. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're not gonna move or shift or disrupt because. You're just not like really doing anything. You're like standstill, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the minute you think you're like you when know, you're content, when you and you also know too much. You know, it's like I think gratitude is important. Being content, like uh, you, you could be content through gratitude, but doesn't mean like you should always. If you really believe in something and like believe in yourself and believe that change is allowed, it should happen. Mm -hmm. uh, that you should be constantly learning about what's hot, what's new. I mean, listen, in, in the time that we've started, it's like YouTube wasn't even big when we started. And we shifted to that. And, like, we shifted at, the, like, the last available time we could have. Mm. Because, you know, it was right after they did the whole $100 million investment. And all these, you know, the folks that had been around were thriving from the platform. And now it's, as you know, so hard to really stand out on YouTube. Oh, yeah, very hard. So we right. came in and went daily in August of 2000. 12 and if we hadn't made that shift and every shift we've done is so it's hard because uh, you know you get used to doing things a certain way like but I kind of liked it like that yeah. like finally the moment you get used to it yeah and you're not tired anymore yeah. you know what you know what I think will always I mean I have to shift in many different things and like what always like I would I'd love to continue doing things the same way but you can't and, and you can't what, you what, have to like just push you, in. you know what really dictates it is like you know the people I know and, like, and the then it's like so hard when you stuff, see your, like your customers the plateau yeah, and you're exactly, like you, you have know? to be true it, the, like the truth it can be harsh oh yeah and that's also why it's important to surround yourself by people that aren't just yes men that are yeah. you know either smarter than you or have a different opinion mm -hmm. because they will see when those things happen they will be the first people to tell you you know, you got to make a change yeah. and they'll tell you before it, it, you know, it won't feel like it, the change needs to happen now. You'll be like, Oh, can we wait a few, a bit longer? It doesn't yeah, seem like yeah. it's like it needs to happen now. Yeah. Like it's not like overnight you're going to fail, but they'll see it before it gets to that point where yeah. you're like, okay, now, uh, what's our next step <laughs> before we're going to die off. Yep. So, um, so that's important. And I think, you know, what, what I love about what I do is I get to interview people and like, Part of that, it's like the, tell the new human interest stories, mm -hmm. which happens to be, I think, internet in terms of like whether it be someone that goes viral. Yes. Or yes, let's uh, talk about this. someone who's consistently creating content. 
Um, I'm surrounded by everyone from like 15 year olds to 55 year olds. Mm -hmm. And that also being surrounded by younger people, I think, you know, and I'm not, it's not like I'm that old. I, I'm, I mean, I'm 31. Oh my gosh, I am. Young. No, You're I'm young. not in my 20s anymore. All right, I'm going to be made fun of for this. Ugh. Someone's going to be rolling their eyes right now as I said that. But, you know, seeing these vine stars and this, mm-hmm. that, and I think you have to be constantly curious about what's next and not look at it as like, oh, oh, the youngins and like, what do they know? Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, oh, this whole thing is falling apart. This whole industry, like six second this, like where are the, where's the real content at? <laughs> I think you need to be curious about why these things work. And it's not like yeah. you need to believe like this is the be all end all or be like, now I'm going to do that. But you need to think to yourself like, okay, there's something interesting mm-hmm. about the fact that there are huge fan movements around this type of person or this type of platform. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And... And if you're curious, you end up naturally discovering and and finding your way into that community, mm-hmm. and then you know you won't be behind. Yeah, the you curve. know what I mean. You're you're around these people all the time. You know, from YouTube stars to Vine stars to Instagram stars to every all these time people, you know, stars. Literally, literally. I hate that, uh, but it's like, or they're just people that yeah, they're yeah, they're, just, they're a new form of stardom within these platforms which I feel is really fascinating because these things have been around for like a year yeah. and already created a star system yeah. a hierarchy a star structure <laughs> a fan in a, a, you know an audience mm-hmm. what, what is uh, you know from being around and, and covering and doing stories on some of these folks is there any sort of uh, similarities you can speak of or you know is, is there something that you can that you can say about you know the new age who they are or what they create like who these people are. Well, all of them, I think there's a lot of people that started things because they were just having fun. Mm -hmm. They were just doing it. I mean, there's, there's some people that actually went to film school and who knows how many people, how many people will meet that are like that now in the next few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, King Bash, he's a, He's a film. Yeah, student. King Batch. Well, the, the guy, the folks that are in their mid late twenties that actually did more traditional education. Yeah. Because that's what they had been taught. Yep. So they went to communications film school. They're actually very professional, and uh, they have an eye for things. You know, it's like they they've they're a student of the craft. Exactly. It's not like, and, and they're learning as time continues, obviously what works and what doesn't, but it's not like they were like thrown into this out of nowhere. Like they knew they wanted to be into an entertainment mm-hmm. at a certain point. Mm-hmm. It was what they wanted to do. And then they figured out how that would work. So I think it's cool because you see people like King Batch or even Bart Baker who approach what they do when they do it. It's like you could see they have an eye for everything. They have learned the skills, but then they've applied it to a new type of medium. And and they were quick to jump on things when they saw it worked. And they're quick to not continue doing things that they saw it didn't. And they are, you know, they're consistent and they work, I mean, they're entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in their own way. Um, you know, they're constantly thinking about what's new, what's next, how to stand out. They're constantly, you know, it's collaborative, it's a collaborative environment. Um, you know, King Batch is also getting into, you know, startups and being ambassador for these new startups so that you get in from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we're all starting to get very savvy yeah. in terms of that. But there's definitely this feeling of entrepreneurship that they look at what they do as like their own company. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and constantly figuring out ways like 
to create content, but not content in terms of what we've always looked at as content, like a video. But it's like content is an Instagram picture. Content is a tweet. Content yeah. is a, a vine. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you constantly figure out ways to connect to the audiences in different ways and unique ways and get buzz mm-hmm. and be true to yourself while you're doing, while it. doing it? Because absolutely. that's also a thing that, you know, that creators are going through this day and age. Like, you know, they will be taking money from different people mm-hmm. but they need to make sure it's authentic to them because it could ruin everything they worked so hard building and i've seen some of these creators that really like they got offered a tv pr- project and five years ago like they would never have said no and literally like these tv shows are like can't pay them what they're being paid from their online work and they have no leverage like they're just like yeah work for us for you know for a reality show for two weeks and two weeks to a content creator like that mm-hmm is like dying yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 so it's crazy. So there's that type of creator, and then there's the ones like the Nash creators, the Vine stars that are 17 and we're messing around with friends on a new platform and got a ton of attention. And I don't think those are the types of people that necessarily were like, yeah, I want to be a personality or actor or whatever. But their fans have, um, you know, I guess asked them and deemed them yeah. <laughs> as that. Yeah. And then, you know, some of them embrace that and some of them are actually want to step it up and want to, you know, act and challenge themselves. And then I've seen other 17-year-olds who are like, Ugh, well, what are they paying me? And they're already getting in that mode and you already see the beginnings mm-hmm. of like, good luck with you. You better mm-hmm. enjoy this ride <laughs> because all they're thinking about is the contract. They're not really caring about the work or meeting the people or, you know, figuring anything out. Mm-hmm. They don't even know. They don't know. I mean, and they're not supposed to know. They're 16, 17 years old. But not everyone is supposed to be a celebrity. Not everyone is supposed to build a career and brand in this world. But the problem is a lot of people are being thrown into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of of this this world and and social media and and all of this stuff, do you ever... Do you ever intentionally like take a break? You know, because it's like you you have to be up on all of this stuff because you're talking about it, you know? So like, how, how do you, in terms of your life... Uh, step back from social media or do you or do you even feel the need to I do think it's important to put yourself in environments and experiences that are outside of your world because things get so stale and I think it's like I look at it as like a hamster and if you're constantly turning like on your own wheel mm-hmm. all you're going to see is what's a, the same thing what's yeah. ahead of you and it's like easy to feel like you're active when you're just on that wheel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you're really not, right? Mm-hmm. It's all fake, right? Yeah. Uh, it's all your own. You're like making yourself feel good because you feel active and you're going somewhere, but you're not. So I think it's really important to step out of that because that's where great ideas happen. When you're m- randomly meeting people that y- you didn't set out to meet. Yeah. And, it's, and, and you're talking about things and doing things that aren't necessarily in your industry and what you're doing. It's like that's where great innovation happens and great ideas and inspiration because it does get, yeah, I get tired and burnt out and those moments that that happens, I realize like I've been thinking too much about myself. Like I'm thinking I'm in too much in my bubble and it's not going to do anyone good. Mm-hmm. And so I need to get out of that. I need to, I need to be more interested in other things and other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and luckily that is my job, but it's still like you really need to. And then, then you're able to come back to your um, work and your environment with so much more that you've learned and yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like you got to fill 
the cup. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah. you know, the fill the glass. Yeah, yeah. If a lot of times it's easy, you know, to... And I always have these weird metaphors that my co-founder says, like, does not make sense, but whatever. Um, you know, it's so easy to get drained and, like, look at your glasses half empty. Or, like, you're looking constantly. If you're in your work environment and you're looking around, all these people are getting these subscribers, these views, this, that. And you're stuck in your own head mm-hmm. and you're like bouncing off your own wall. Yeah, yeah. You need to get out of that. And then it's also through that, that you realize how special what you're doing is and you could have gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big thing because if you don't approach things with gratitude, then you might as well not be doing it. It's yeah, like it's just gratitude like, is, is huge. I'm actually I, thinking about getting a tattoo that says like gratitude. I love that because uh, I've, I've been practicing like gratitude meditation frequently. And, uh, you know, it always just, it, it makes me come back to reality and life. And, oh my know, God, everything. yes. And it's like, whoa, when I, you, you, you're healthy, you're living, you know, you have friends and family that love you. There's nothing to complain about. You do what you love to do. And also what you've created. Well, yeah, yeah, it could always be bigger and better. And yeah. it will, but mm-hmm. it's like, Look at how far you've come and how many people like come up to you and you're like, oh, can you give me advice about this? And like, yeah. you have to constantly be pushing yourself. But if you're not going to enjoy it along the way, then you're never going to enjoy it because you're yeah. always going to want to strive for more. If you're someone that is this innately successful person and you want to see you yourself accomplish the most in your lifetime that you can and leave a legacy, mm-hmm. then hopefully you're always, you know, just scratching the surface. Hopefully you're always at the beginning of your journey. Yeah. And so, yeah. Going back to you know this whole social media thing, I think it's imp- it's important to step away, but it's important to have people around you, your team that you trust. If you have a company that's doing stuff, but then I also say you know I, you can't assume that other people are going to do your work for you. Like while I have a team, you you know you need to take responsibility. If you built something and it's your child, then you need to put an eye on like yeah, eye, yeah. eye on it. So many times I'm like. Oh, but I thought now at this point I could like step away. And I think it's about creating that sustainability. That's what's a sustainable company. Yes. We're also yes, going to yes. burn yourself out. You're going to burn everyone out around you. But yeah. delegation. Because I'm also grateful. Like, I'm not going to complain. Oh, what? I have to like look on our site to make sure things are being handled or our social media feed. Maybe do one tweet here or there that was maybe forgotten about. Like, oh, my life is so yeah. difficult. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is important when you're around great people and experiences moments to step away and like not necessarily shoot everything like not everything needs to be a vlog not everything needs to be an Instagram picture yeah, yeah, just or a tweet yeah, yeah, yeah. just experience it and enjoy it and you'll be better for it yep yep I like that I think that's a good note to uh, to end this on Shira let, let these people know yeah, well, whatstrending.com is our site, youtube.com slash whatstrending. We pretty much own what's trending across the board, so at what's trending on Twitter. I'm at Shira Lazar and uh, youtube.com slash Shira Lazar. I know. Everything. We're all accessible online. And yes. thank you so much, Javari. Oh, of course. I, I think you're awesome, too. And Thank you. So I've, hosted, I've co-hosted you're so, some stuff. She's so calm and chill. I love it. <laughs> um, with Shira, and Shira is amazing. She, she's such a talented individual what she does and um i'll link all the social networks and websites in the show notes um again words with friends every monday hopefully unless like something crazy comes up um (laughs) yeah something good crazy uh, yeah something good crazy uh i'm getting so much stuff happening right now but uh but i'm i'm trying to have smiling i see him smiling (laughs) for you guys um thank you so much everybody for listening again support the podcast with as little as a one dollar tip at patreon.com slash jabari leave a review in itunes and leave uh any type of comments and share on soundcloud and uh see you guys next week all right peace